um, definitely get your paperwork and everything in order and then be okay with the mistakes because that's part of the fun and part of the learning. And no matter how much you study or how much you learn, actually going and doing is gonna give you better results even though you make a million mistakes than if you just think about it forever. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, and we are always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Sheila Mack. And uh, Sheila is a quick introduction. So she was, uh, I think in her words, uh, homeless from ages 10 to 13, graduated high school at about 15 and a half, got emancipated, went to college, got a computer science degree, um, later, I think also a business degree, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, went into work for uh, JPL uh, to uh, as, uh, for a business, um, did it uh, primarily for the money, found out the money wasn't always gratifying. So as a hobby, she had uh, started to buy stuff at uh, garage sale or garage sales and storage locker sales and whatnot, and uh, turned that into her hobby into a bit more of an actual business, opened up a store, opened up a few more got into, uh, shifted the, the model and a bit into real estate and also into digital and uh, did a few other things. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Sheila. All right. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Excited to have you. So I just gave the much, uh, much condensed version of a much longer journey. So let's uh, go back in time a bit to uh, your journey starting out, I guess, when, uh, when you uh, were homeless for a period of time and graduating high school. So tell us how, uh, how your journey got started. Well, um, I was staying with grandparents and they got sick and there was a lot of violence going on at home. So my mother actually told me to leave and I was like, okay. And I went from friend's house to friend's house. I stayed in school and I actually worked. Uh, I worked for a company called Junior Careers selling cups, coolers and candies at 10 and a half on. And so I actually made my own money and I would stay at different friends' houses. I actually slept on the benches at the Troubadour <laughs> a few times. I had a friend that worked there that let me stay there sometimes. And I just had to figure things out. And then I found this magical foster care. I didn't even know it existed. And so I finally got into that and then emancipated at 15 and a half. I was there a few years and had an incredible experience working for these, these people that I knocked on their door. They had bought the old orphanage um, and they had art in the White House and the, the wife did um, architecture. And so I was like their apprentice and they taught me so much about business. So by the time I emancipated, I was already very involved with a lot of things. And that's my alarm that should not be going off. One moment. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, gosh, I thought I silenced that. All right, anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. That was alarming. So yeah, so that's, that's what happened there. Um, yeah, should right. I should. So now you, you, you got emancipated, and you said okay. And I think after that, graduated high school, went off and got a degree in uh, in the computer science as well as business. Is that right? Yes, uh, computer science, business, and then I got a teaching credential and um, real estate at USC. So I did a lot. 
later on, <laughs> I had to make money in between to support myself. So that kind of had to make me a entrepreneur early on. Hmm. So no, no, that definitely makes sense. So now you, you, you get the degrees, you graduate and say, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is go make a whole bunch of money. So I think you said you graduated and uh, went and worked for a company called JPL. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah, so it, you know, I was not the best math teacher. I taught myself algebra to do the programming class, you know, and I was like the C student. But out of all those really smart kids, I was the only one that was brave enough to knock on the door at JPL and I actually got hired. And I passed the whatever test and I got in and I worked there until, you know, my little side business of buying and selling things. And I thought, hey, you know, I'll just start a gift store. And that was my first big business. It was 5,000 square feet. So it was a big store. Now let's uh, jump back just for a second. We'll definitely hit on that part of your journey, but so you initially started with JPL and how long were you with JPL for? Uh, three and a half years. And then I actually, I wanted to, there's like, at the time there was 10,000 jobs. At, at, it was Pasadena, JPL, NASA. And you have to get permission to get another job in a different department. So I was in the engineering department and I wanted a different job just because I never got a raise and I needed the money. And so other people wanted to pay me more, almost double, but my supervisor at the time would not like sign the papers to let me go because she couldn't replace me obviously for the cost. Mm -hmm. And I was the one that would get there early, stay late and get all the work done and help everybody else, you know, pick up the slack with everyone else. So, cause I really needed the job. So everybody appreciated the work ethic and wanted me in their area as well. And so I left and programmed with the phone company, which was, it was GTE and then it became Verizon now. Yes. Now, now, now with going along with that, so because I think one of the things we chatted about um, before the podcast was um, that, you know, you originally went to kind of JPL because the pay was good, the money was good, and, you know, you're looking for, and I think a lot of people do that, looking for the security, looking for good pay, and otherwise been able to, um, you know, afford a, a good living, um, you know, along that uh, portion of, or that, of your journey, was there kind of, when did you kind of realize that the money portion wasn't gratifying or that wasn't where you wanted to focus your career or your living at? Well, I was helping doing the books and I was never in there for a raise. And I kept being promised, you know, they kept promising me this raise that never happened. And at, at the time I actually had one child young, so I couldn't afford to pay for this childcare and all these other things. And I was buying my first triplex at that point. So I was saving every penny and investing. And we lived in the little teeny back back unit and rented everything else out. So, you know, to pay that off. And so I was struggling and I said, you know, this is just a lot. And I went to my grandma who was talking to me again at this point. And, and I said, listen, you know, what do you, what do you think? And she agreed and, and told me to go sign up for the other job that paid about double believe it or not. So I had to go take that job. All right. So you listen, you listen, you go take the job and, and then you're, you're going along doing that. Now, where did the storage unit and kind of the, you know, garage sale storage unit buy and sell things, how did that uh, kind of factor into the journey? Was that kind of, I think you said it was a side hustle or side hobby yeah. as you were doing these jobs. Right. So it was my weekends off. I would go do that. And then Actually, I stayed with JPL for like about a month or a few months 
and did the day, the night shift at GTE. So I was like really burning myself out. And then, then I, you know, I gave my really fair notice and then left to make sure I actually helped train the person that took my place. And then I went over and did that. And that was my side gig. To, that was like fun money. I used to call it, this is my fun money. So whatever I can earn with this, I can just have fun. And so that was that. Yeah. So now one question is, or kind of was, so you started that off as a side hustle or kind of a, your fun money. And I always, you know, have that kind of that same thing some of the time, or especially uh, earlier on in my career, I was saying, hey, you know, sometimes I feel bashful of taking the money that I'm earning with my full-time job and, and doing fun things with it. I'd like to keep that for paying off debt and otherwise, you know, building up savings and that, but it's kind of fun to have, hey, if I'm doing this kind of outside of my normal job, let's have a bit of fun money. So I definitely uh, resonate with that. Now, how did you transition or say, I'm going to take what is my fun money side hustle and I'm going to make that a full-time endeavor? Well, I saved up and then um, I realized, you know, you're making, when you do retail, it's two and a half times whatever you get the wholesale price for. And I thought, oh, this is going to be easier because I can just, I don't have to like go hunt for the stuff. I can just order, although you do have to, you know, buy, um, pick things out. And I thought that would be easier. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into when I started though. And and so I um, found this building. It was the old Dorsey building, a big department store back in its day in Montrose, California. And it had been vacant for like four years. So I, I looked up the landlord and I made a deal and I said, I want at least six months free rent. I want money to do upgrades and, you know, this and that. And this is how much I have to start. And so that's how I started my store. Hmm. Yeah. So now you say, OK, you're going to start the store. I'm going to try it out. And I'm going to, you know, I've already been doing this as a side hustle. So I can know I can make, you know, at least some money at it. Maybe if I put a full-time endeavor, I'll, I'll be able to make more money at it and have a replacement of kind of income, but also enjoy what I'm doing as opposed to just focusing on the, the money side of the career. So as you did, as you kind of opened up the store and put that as a full-time endeavor, did it take off and do well? And you're able to take that store and be able to make it, you know, make a good retail or make a good income on it? Or was it kind of rockier? Did it take some, uh, some time to build a clientele or kind of how did it go or, or go as you were uh, moving that into a full-time gig? Okay. Well, um, based on what you do, the first thing I did was I did become an S-Corp. <laughs> so that was the first thing because everybody's like, oh, it's trip and fall. You better protect yourself or you could lose whatever little bit you have. And so I did do the S-Corp and uh, I opened and I didn't know, I was 23 when this happened by this point in my life, 23. And I opened a store uh, 5,000 square feet, a dollar a square foot, 5,000 a month once that free rent was over. So I had to really figure out how am I going to make money? I was still doing the night shift at the phone company <laughs> to, you know, because I was afraid a little bit, but I was having fun and I ordered things that weren't right for the community. It was a kind of a retirement kind of community at that time. It's changed a little bit now. And so things that I ordered weren't exactly a fit. So I had to learn how to buy and the, the swap meet back then was still open. And, and so we would go sell at the swap meet on the weekend. So anything that didn't sell, 
goes to swap meet. And then I, I'm really good at negotiating. I don't know. I've had that my whole life and maybe because I had to. And so I would go to the trade shows and I would negotiate um, at the end of the show. It used to be that you were able to go and negotiate to buy everything at 50 to 70% off of the wholesale price. And so I would buy the truck and we rent a truck and fill it up with everything. And I'd say, if it sells, I can reorder it. And then I hired the top designers at the time, I think it was 10, $15 an hour, probably 20 now, um, that actually did like Armani shop at Beverly Hills, all these fancy stores. And I had them design so that the, the displays looked really beautiful. And I kind of learned how to buy based on what people wanted. And then everything that didn't work goes to swap meet. So you're still at least getting your money back or more. And that's how we did it. Then I hired marketing about four months in, I hired a marketing company and I wanted, I, I interviewed three or four cause I wanted one that would teach me how to do it myself. Cause I knew I wasn't going to be able to pay like a lot of money to start, um, to continue like every month. And because the monthly rent was going to come due soon and they taught me enough where I started marketing really well and I teamed up with uh, back then it was Crabtree and Evelyn I had Yankee candles certain items that they did uh, cooperative ads and I learned I learned so much I learned I made every single mistake possible and that's how I learned. Oh, no, I think that uh, that's a great way a learning experience. And, you know, it sounds like you, you bit had to go through, you know, what sells, what doesn't sell, what's with the community, what are they going to buy, you know, based on your location, and then also figure out a bit of the pricing or, you know, continue to figure out how much do I need to sell and what the pricing is to, to make that all work. Now, um, as you start to build that, I think you went from one location to a few locations over a period of time. Yeah, so then I went, um, I didn't like this rent idea. <laughs> Remember, I was buying my first triplex already. So I came from that environment where I had parents early on that always had real estate. So I thought, well, you know, I'm giving them so much a month, I could be buying a building. This is crazy. And so I bought the other buildings with the cash flow from the store. Uh, I learned about business credit, which helped me, I could by the time I was 24, 25, if I could go buy a car with zero, they would give me zero down interest, zero interest, whatever, and no money down because it was the S Corp buying it. And I had this credit and I could get into land and property I did and I saved a lot of my money to put the down payments and with the business credit I was able to buy properties over time and I paid them off quickly with the income from the stores. And as soon as that one lease, it was a five-year lease. As soon as that ended, I actually left that place because I just wanted to keep buying. And mm -hmm. the, the other store owners, it was the Montreux Shopping Park. They were two, three times my age, literally. And they came to me and they were like, okay, like you're successful and you're young and how teach us how to do this. How do we, we still, we're still paying rent. And so I got my real estate license after the first deal and I started um, helping other people do commercial investments or 1031 exchanges into commercial from like maybe they had a triplex or something. And that's so I kind of ended up doing something on the side that became another <laughs> business that I didn't even think about. Yeah, so that kind of happened.
No, and, and I think that, you know, it just seems like it was, hey, as, as we're getting success, as we're growing, as we're expanding, we need more room. And uh, also, generally, if you're, you can expand, you can reach a different different audience and you can also increase the, the revenue and the income. So now one of the things that we touched on is you started to pivot and adjust from kind of just expanding to your own stores. And as things kind of moved online and moved away from the stores, you kind of shifted and pivoted online with more of your inventory and then moved to be almost the, the real estate side of things as well. Is that right? Yes. And, and consulting with businesses. I didn't even know it was called, I didn't know it was called business consulting. Like I didn't have like a consulting license, but I had this successful business and the other store owners were like, well, how the heck did you do that? You're like half my age or less or more. And so, you know, could you help me? And then I would charge them a fee and I probably way undercharged because they were like friends and I didn't know there was even a way you could charge people for this thing called consulting. And then I would help them with the real estate and I was just having fun and happy to see that I was helping these other businesses because they were also friends. We worked in the shopping park together. And so that's kind of how that went. And then after it was about 17 or so years, I started switching over as we got into um we got into the computer age and things we actually could sell and buy and do things online and i realized i went back to school part-time to get this business degree because i was like running businesses and i had no business degree and i was like well that looks stupid i need to have this paper to say i can run a business because <laughs> i don't know why it just everybody had one and so i go back to school and i'm sitting in class and one day this professor tells me about the opportunity cost and I was like, oh my gosh, holy smokes, I own all these buildings free and clear now, and I do not have to work 17 hours a day. And I was like, I'm going online and I'm done. And by then I had adopted three children and had three of my own. So this big family, and they learned so much being part of the store. They, I brought them in and they learned about business that way. Uh, but I wanted to just spend time with my kids and so I got my um, degree, uh, UCSB, I did uh, Montessori teaching, and then later I did Waldorf teaching, and I just had fun, and I still worked with the businesses, and I still did real estate on the side, but it was just fun stuff, and it, it made more than enough income, and uh, that, that's what happened then. <laughs> So now that I think that catches us mostly to where you're at today, right? In other words, you transitioned online. You're now saying, hey, based on looking at where I'm at and it makes more sense to utilize, leverage your real estate for other things if you kind of have that passive income now that they're free and clear and otherwise do your selling of that online, which is where it seems a lot of that is now headed. So yeah. as you've now kind of caught up to where you're at today, kind of now looking a bit into the future, kind of what the next steps will be or where you're headed. Where do you see the, the next, you know, six to 12 months to air heading for you? Well, I missed a whole thing where I traveled for seven years straight and I learned from Tony Robbins and all these incredible people and did all that fun stuff and brought my kids along for the travel. So that was another experience and lots of training. So right now I have a radio show that I host. I have a book out, um, Bootstraps and Bra Straps. I have another book that is coming out very soon. And so we're working on that right now. And I also am 
continuing to grow my courses. I'm doing a lot of online stuff because of the COVID and all that is just easier right now. So I do lots of online consulting and courses and I'm enjoying that. I, and I'm really grateful. I wanted to add that I traveled for those seven years because I'm grateful I did. And I'm kind of good with, I don't have to travel right now because I did everything on the bucket list for traveling everywhere on the planet. So, <laughs> so that that's good. Yeah. Oh, sounds like it was a, a great way to uh, a great uh, opportunity to go do some traveling and now uh, or to transition a bit more online or continue to transition transition things online with uh, with everything you're doing in the endeavor. So that uh, sounds like an exciting time. Well, as we uh, start to wrap up the the podcast, I always ask two questions in the end of each episode. So we'll go ahead and uh, jump on or jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is: Along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made, and what'd you learn from it? Mm, oh my gosh, one worse one. Oh, holy smokes. I think, you know, I didn't delegate enough. I didn't hire enough um, people when I started out. So one day in that store, probably when I was about 23 and a half, almost 24, I was doing my own um, sales and use tax, my own paperwork, everything myself. I didn't hire a CPA. And one day, these men in suits, about 14 men or so come in. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's the FBI. They're coming to take me away. I must've made a mistake on the paperwork. And it turned out it was President Clinton. <laughs> it had been busy, he ate at Rocky Cola and he came over and visited. We gave free gifts and then he kept going. And that was like, I mean, I, there was this moment where I was like, should I run? No, I'll never get away. <laughs> you know, like I was so scared and I thought, okay, I need to hand over. And the next day I delegated and I hired a CPA and I started to hire more help because that was, that was a big mistake <laughs> that I made. So. Well, sounds like a, an interesting and fun mistake and even a little bit of excitement. So that's yeah. great. All right. Second question I always ask is, um, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? I would say um, definitely get your paperwork and everything in order and then be okay with the mistakes because that's part of the fun and part of the learning. And no matter how much you study or how much you learn, actually going and doing is going to give you better results, even though you make a million mistakes than if you just think about it forever. All right. And I, you know, I, and I think that that's probably out of all the different episodes and different entrepreneurs and people we've had on the podcast, so probably the number one thing that I think is, 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 is the biggest piece of advice that uh, people tend to give is, you know, you can always make excuses and you can always say that now it's, or the reason why now is not the right time. You can, uh, you know, try and otherwise wait. And then you, every time people finally make the jump, they get going on it. They say, Hey, this is what I love. This is what I what I'm passionate about and I wish I'd get started on it earlier. So I think that uh, resonates well with what a lot of other entrepreneurs and, and business people find. So, but with that, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be, you know, with your console or with uh, getting a consultation and having you come and consult on their business, they want to be a customer. They want to be a client. They want to be an employee. They want to be an investor. They want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above. What's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more. Um, I would say go to uh, www.sheila, S-H-E-I-L-A, Mac, M-A-C.com, SheilaMac.com. All right. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out, contact you there, and uh, find out more. 
Well, thank you again, Sheila, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell, we'd love to share your uh, journey on the podcast. Just go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Also, make sure to listen, or listen, subscribe, leave us a review, because we want to make sure that everyone finds out about all of our awesome episodes. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, just reach out to us at Miller IP Law by going to strategymeeting.com. Thank you again, Sheila, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. All right. Thank you.